Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 402. Hopefully you guys have had a great day, I know I have. I've got a great guest for you this evening, someone that you guys have been asking for for quite some time, Uncle Stoner. You want to tell us how you're doing, my friend, and of course, where they can find you? I'm doing great, you know, summer's finally starting to be here, thank God, you know. Or able to start, hopefully, starting to get out there and be able to do things again now. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> oh, where can you find me? At? Uh, you know, I got Instagram, Uncle Stoner on Instagram. I have Uncle Stoner on Facebook. <laughs> and then I have a YouTube channel, Uncle Stoner on YouTube as well, where I have various videos and stuff from our competitions that we throw to just various places I've gone and stuff. And everything. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out tonight, for sure. So, uh, I guess we'll get this going. Uh, so, what has led you down cannabis journey? When did cannabis enter your life? When when did things cannabis start with you? Well, honestly, I'm from a town called Grass Valley, California. You know. And actually, elevation is 2420. Believe it or not, look it up. Grass Valley, California, elevation 2420. And, you know, my father grew cannabis and stuff, not on our property, but the next door and stuff. And I had a cousin that was the black sheep of the family. He smoked a lot of cannabis. And uh, about 10 years old, he introduced me uh, to cannabis at that time. Of course, I didn't smoke it much. I, didn't, I only maybe smoked it a little bit in high school. And then straight out of high school, I went into the military, you know. I think it was May 28th, I, uh, I graduated high school, June 3rd, I was in boot camp, you know, 15 years later, you know, and I did uh, close to 15 years, Navy and Army, working VA, hospitals, government service and all that. And um, I have PTSD and also a bad back and stuff. And of course, the PTSD and all that stuff, they just kept on giving me all kinds of stuff, all kinds of pills and stuff, but just made me worse, made me more depressed, made me more anxiety, made me feel like life wasn't worth anything until I finally decided to start trying smoking cannabis again. Started smoking cannabis again and started giving me that new lease on life. And, you know, and I've been smoking ever since. Now that's the only thing I use for my medication is, is cannabis. And it helps me out with my seizures because now since I've gotten out of the military, I have seizures once in a while. But with the cannabis, it makes it actually father father in, in between times and all the time so yeah <clears throat> so how exactly does it uh, help you with your anxiety and PTSD I know uh, it help, it does help a lot of people but it varies from person to person on exactly how it helps so uh, how do you find I know it's not odd, but one of the one of the things I like is when I smoke a lot of cannabis, I don't have the dreams really, so I don't have them flashbacks and nightmares and stuff as much. You know, so that helps. Or if I'm over anxiety and stuff, or I do have a flashback, I smoke some heavy indica, something more indica dominant or pure indica, and that relaxes me, gets me down. If I if I'm the opposite, where I'm depressed, moody, and stuff. I smoke something with a more uh, sativa, high, you know, hybrid, you know, more sativa dominant to give me that uplifting energetic. 
And so, you know, that's what works for me. And same with the pain. If I'm in pain, I try to do a, a heavy indica with a high percentage of CBD, which most indica does have a lot of CBD in it. You know, so that usually helps me with my back pain. So uh, are you a grower as well or just the, uh, um, Yes, yes. <clears throat> I used to do a lot of it, a lot more of it. I had a 100% organic cannabis farm in Northern California. I'd get all my genetics straight from Amsterdam, straight from like Ben Drunker, you know, um, <clears throat> and all kinds of other people over there, you know, Sensi Seed, BC Bud, Soma, you name it. I used to get a lot of genetics from them. And I grew 100% organic in California. Uh, now that I, I, you know, I don't really have a permanent, our permanent place now is in Jamaica mostly. Because we're so busy in the summertime, we're traveling around. I have a place in Jamaica where we do breeding. So we do a lot of crossbreeding and stuff and work on our own genetics there. And then I have a friend that uh, he has a pretty good size grow operation. A nice little uh, greenhouse, good size over. 40 some odd feet greenhouse, I don't know how many feet wide, that uh, we've been working our genetics in there too. So yeah, I'm still growing. I kind of miss the girls because uh, we've been here for like three days now. Usually every day we're in there for a few hours a day, three to four, three to four times a day in the greenhouse. You know? I personally, to be honest with you though, I prefer growing outdoors. When you do greenhouse, there's a, it's a lot more trickier, a lot more problems, you know. You know, I see them little houses behind you. One little thing goes problem with one plant. Usually, oh, it, it's it's harder to get them dialed in when you do greenhouse. You know, nutrients level, humidity, all that stuff, temperature and stuff. Especially when you grow different strains, because one you know certain strains may need a certain type of humidity and heat, and then the other ones need less or so. So when you get a, a lot of different strains together in one greenhouse, it's you have to dial, you have to find that sweet spot with both. Well, where all the plants love it and benefit from that, the humidity and the heat and everything. So, but without doing with outdoors, I don't know. I I just been way better outdoors. It was just a lot easier. I knew I knew what to feed it and how to treat it and everything. I worked worked real hard on my soil. You know, usually four months prior to <clears throat> four months prior to even uh, uh, putting anything in my ground, I put ten thousand redworms out there. And then like a month before I put back bottom, mushroom compost, all that stuff, just working into the soil and everything. And, and then I feed, feed it along, along, you know, advanced nutrients or some other nutrients periodically. But everything I put in that soil was just like gold. Now my plants, I didn't really have that and no problems outdoors like you do indoors. Indoors is set. It's tricky. You know, it's it's really it's it's a hard thing to do to get it perfectly dialed in. But I've seen some people out there that I mean have huge, huge grow rooms and they're just amazing. Like my friend Corey Boofkin, he owns one of them. It's a hundred and twenty thousand square feet grow facility in Aurora, Colorado. Every one of them plants look perfectly dialed in and get gorgeous from the veggie room to the flowering room to the cloning room. All of it's just top notch. You know. But it's hard to do. I said I prefer the the outdoors. But then I also prefer doing the breeding there in Jamaica because in Jamaica you have pretty much twelve hours on, twelve hours off, no matter what. There in Jamaica, so they start showing their characteristics real soon. They show up their male and female, so you can pick out your best females 
and sit there and start crossing them. And you can get three, uh, two to three grows uh, in, in six months there, in a six month period. It's an item. You can get get that. I mean, that's just for seed production, of course. You can do that. And so that's why I like uh, doing what I'm doing in Jamaica. So when you started growing, did you did you see that the therapeutic side of uh, cultivation coming? I asked oh, it on purpose because, man, as far as anxiety and PTSD, cultivation side of it, I mean, it's just as uh therapeutic as the medicine i find yeah. for most yeah. working with your plants i love that's one thing i like about going into the greenhouse and defoliating and all that stuff it's just it's nice it's relaxing you know sit there yeah it's really i love gardening working in the, in the garden it's it's a it's good for ptsd it's good for relaxing and kind of getting your zen on getting, you know getting you in the right spot Unless you have a lot of problems in your greenhouse, it's not so. Yeah, but as long as everything's going good in your greenhouse, it's like, mm, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. I definitely have to agree with that. <laughs> everything's going right. It is. It is the same place. Yeah. So, are are there some? Uh, what are you breeding over there? I'm, I'm curious on what well, what you got going. On. Well, we got a few things, but one of the ones that we've been working on really mainly for the last four years is uh, our Caribbean strawberry. Yeah, we started with Crockett Strawberry Fields, then we took a sour purple Jamaican tangy, uh, island skunk, and a few other strains that we found there. Picked out the best phenos and everything, and we crossed it, recrossed it, back crossed it, and double crossed it again. And uh, we actually uh, grew it out in Michigan. And we did, we blasted it and it's really nice. We enjoy the flavor, flavor that we get from it. It's like uh, the old zebra stripe gum or the fruit, fruit stripe gum, that multiple fruit stripe gum back in the day you used to get a real fruit. That's the first taste you get. And then from that, it goes a little piney and then straight to gas. So we're, we're happy with it. You know, we're happy with that one. We got a, a streetwalker OG, a Jamaican streetwalker OG that is straight, uh, you know, all Jamaican land races that we uh, picked out, you know, we got that. We also have the Caribbean strawberry. One of the phenos that we found had a more of a banana, banana, strawberry, tangy kind of flavor to that. So we're working with them beans as well on that, that, that pheno. Oh, um, I got a reclining Buddha. It's 80% indica, 20% sativa. We crossed it with an M4 that's from Mexico. That was also 80% indica. 20% sativa to keep that high indicate that. But that's only, we're only in the, you know, first, you know, beginning stages of that one. So how long have you been uh, working on the breeding side of uh, cannabis? Uh, breeding, breeding side of it for at least the last four years. You know, I have a lot of friends. You know, I know Matt Harvey from BC Butt Depot, uh, him, Ben Dronker, and they're and all his family and a lot of other people, James Loud, you know, all them guys that have great breeders and stuff that know what they're doing and stuff. You know, I'm friends with them guys and and listening to them and understanding what you're looking for and characteristics of the phenos and stuff like that. Like, you know, the phenol hunter, talked to him a few times. Um, I'm sorry where I was going, <laughs> chain of thought for a second. But yeah, the phenol hunter and all that. What was it? For some reason, I forgot. I just did a nice bowl before we uh, got on. So what was the question again? 
I get lost in my I thoughts. I was asking what brought on the breeder side of things there. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you, what you that, and I'll be honest with you, because I'm old school, you know. I first went over to Amsterdam back in 2002 over there and all that. And I remember the original skunk, all this original stuff, you know, that nowadays a lot of this stuff, it has so many different crosses and the crazy names, all high-end boofy stuff. So I wanted to get back to trying to get some original land races. You know, use use some of this new stuff, like, you know, some like Crockett's uh, Strawberry Fields, use one of Soma's old stuff. Use some old stuff, maybe with a little bit of new stuff, but but cross, definitely cross some of them Jamaican land races because there's a lot of great race, land races there in Jamaica. Like my wife's been working on for the last four years, a, a sweet island skunk. They got a really good, nice skunk, over, a good skunk over there in Jamaica. And so she's we've been working on that. You know, by picking out, finding the best females, cap on crossing them, crossing and recrossing it. And it must be exciting to be, I mean, just Michigan alone is a busy cannabis industry alone. I can't imagine trying to take it on as for the worldwide scale there. Uh, what are some of the differences you see for places in the cannabis industry at home? What's the question? What are the, some of the differences I see what? Uh, from in location from cannabis, I mean, how they look at it, you know, there Jamaica versus down here. Oh, they're like Jamaica, they're far behind us. I mean, there are some good growers there and stuff, but some of them they may be good growers, but they don't have the curing part down, they don't have a good curing room, or they have a good curing room, they don't have they don't handle it proper or something like So, Jamaica has a long way to go, uh, between you know, there and the U.S. And as far as, you know, back in the day, California was the place for cannabis. But yeah, you're right. Michigan is, I mean, Michigan, there's some great strains that come out of there. Like the GMO, which is a great one. My wife loves the GMO. That originated in Michigan. You know, and that's a really, really good strain there. You know, it's a good producer if you're making rosin or extracts. And it's just a really good high, too. So that's a good strain there. But now, now, now more and more days since more states are coming legal all these people that used to do stuff in their in their closet and, you know their basement and stuff are being able to come stuff that they've created knowing their friends have been able to get a hold of them are now being able to bring out their skills and their passion out there and so you're being able to also find some pretty unique stuff too you know some not too boofy but unique enough where it's nice you know what are some of your favorite events that uh, you enjoy uh, going to it well of course my our squash off competition you know when we do our live interactive you know, cannabis to rosin competition i love doing that one uh the freedom rally boston freedom rally hopefully we're going to be able to do be able to do it this year you know they weren't able to do it last year they had to do it via you know via zoom and that's a fun event because over a hundred thousand people come to boston freedom rally and they have great music. We had the very first, we held the very first ever cannabis competition at the Boston Freedom Rally at the Boston Common, downtown Boston. So it's kind of interesting. I like that event. There's a, there's an event happening in Missouri on the 27th to the 30th. It's called the Grow Trade Fest. Uh, 
girl, Jennifer Rouse, has been putting together. It's looking like it's going to be a great one. It's at the Lake of the Ozarks, the Four Seasons there. So they're, we're basically taking over the Four Seasons. There's going to be no cannabis sales. There are going to be novelty seed sales there. But you're allowed to smoke in the whole, all, you know, there at the, at, at the place. And in the VIP area, which holds over 300 people, we'll be doing our squash shop there. So that'll be nice. And then, of course, Vegas. Vegas is always a fun place to go now that they're, you know, cannabis friendly and all that. We'll be doing our first squash shop in Vegas on July 9th in conjunction with Hayes Radio Secret Sesh, or Secret Cup, excuse me, Secret Cup, and also the uh, Cannabis Business Award Shows, Cannabis Award Shows. So that, that's going to be interesting because we've never done a squash off yet in Vegas. You know, I'm just happy to be able to start getting out and doing it again because it's been over a year and a half since we've been able to commute and, and be able to do shows and, and events and stuff. And now it's starting to be where they're allowing people to do it as long as they're vaccinated and stuff. They're allowing people to get out there more and more. So I'm, I'm glad. And I'm hoping it gets back to normal, you know, back to where we have to have a show every month, you know, or, you know, maybe two shows a month. Well, uh, what before I, before I ask my next question, before I forget this, you know, I actually would like to thank you for doing what you do in the cannabis industry. You were uh, very influ influential in getting a past guest of mine uh, on the show. I had been trying to get him on for quite some time, and then once I, you know, I was like, uh, I was told that he's also a big fan of yours. And so, uh, so once I said, well, Uncle Stoner said he'd come on, and actually, all right, he, he actually, and that was a THC, uh, THC for PTSD. Uh, oh, yeah. A Flint grower there. Todd. Todd. Yeah, Todd. Yeah, 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 Todd. Great guy, great guy, great guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with a little bit of your influence there, uh, I got him on the show. So thank you for that, my friend. Oh, no worries. So, I appreciate you know, you know, like you're very influential with a lot of people as well. So, what made you uh, start the the beyond? What led you down that road? Well, the reason kind is I got tired of you know being a judge and going to these competitions and all that, and you know the consumer all they hear is oh who won this or and they don't understand why that person won or anything and unfortunately a lot of these competitions nowadays if you pay the right money you can win and i didn't think there was any value for the consumer or anything for them to get out of it so i wanted to create a competition where the audience had a chance to learn from the judges and so that's why i created squash off it's a live interactive competition where the judges sit at a table facing the audience. And as they're judging, you know, I ask some questions or the audience can ask some questions. And it's all done right there in front of them. You know, I, we sit there, put a big TV screen up and project a trichome formation of that of the entry onto the TV screen for the, you know, the audience to see and the judges to critique. So when the judges talk about it, I was pulled too early or not enough heads there, the audience can understand and, you know, and know, know why that's important and stuff and, and learn things from, from curing, handling, to you know, harvesting at the right time. 
They get to learn that. They get to understand terpene profiles and stuff. And you know, I just wanted to get back and educate people, you know, and and let them go away with hopefully being able to make a smarter decision on, you know, what cannabis they want to use and why, you know. And then the people that win honestly win. They have something to brag about, you know. It's an honest competition. You can't buy it. Everything's done out in the open. You know, I have a, I have a recording of Soma for Soma Seeds. You know, he's been doing competitions for over 30 years. He said our competition is the most honest and transparent competition he's ever been involved in. And that's why I like it. You know, people need, you know, I, and my new slogan this year is put your cannabis where your mouth is. A lot of people talk about how their, their cannabis is the best, this and that's well, hey, well, let's put it on a microscope. Let these judges smell the terpene profile. Let's squash it. See what kind of rosin we get out. Let's see what that terpene profile looks like. You know, and it's a, it's just a fun 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 competition. I mean, we've done them all over the world. You know, we've done them in Amsterdam twice. We've done them in Mexico. We uh, we've done some demonstration kind of squash offs in Jamaica. Not a full competition, just kind of educational stuff. And we've done. I gotta also agree with Jason. I gotta agree with Jason Einstein in chat there. This sounds amazing. I love the idea. This honestly, I love everything about this this thing so far, because, like you said, you know, a lot of people. I like to learn, but you know, when you're really throwing it out there, it makes you feel. It sounds like you, you know, you're there and you're like really wrapped into it. Like you, you know, you know, you have. You're saying it sounds amazing. It really mm -hmm. does. It sounds like that, that, like I've never, never heard of it. It sounds pretty awesome. So where was the first one at? First one we did it was at Chalice, Chalice with Rosin Tech. I came up with the idea, and I got a hold of a friend of mine, Glassbow, and I said, "Here, make me some awards for this." Called Rosin Tech up and said, "Hey, I want to hold this little competition at at your booth." Okay, they didn't realize how many people would show up and how big it would be. But they pretty much let me use their whole booth and they had a huge 50 by 50. And we, in that con that, that time, it was a two day, came to be a two day competition because we had, I think three people tied for first. So we had to sit there and rejudge all the, you know, rejudge a few of them and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Chalice, uh, 2017 was the first, first one we did. And even then we had Frenchie Cannoli, we had Mila, we had Giddy up from Emotech and stuff. Uh, Master Yoda, uh, Tony from SKB, Super Kind Butts out of Boston. Um, I'm not sure who else, a few other people. But I always try and get highly educated judges that can precipitate that knowledge back to the audience and stuff. You know, not everybody's, I mean, some people are great knowing what, you know, about cannabis, but not everybody's good about you know, talking about it, conveying their knowledge to people and stuff. And that's what I look for in judges is someone that, you know, can convey that knowledge that they have to the audience or answer a question that I ask. Them. And, you know, and so I usually try and get judges that have at least 10 years or more experience. But sometimes, I mean, I've had, you know, Soma, Frenchie, Mila, another guy named uh, Steve Hayes, old school guy in Amsterdam. And a few others that I really, you know, they probably have over 200 years experience combined in cannabis, you know, 
So I like it. I you, know, you get these, you know, these, and I'm blessed to know a lot of these people. And if I ask them to be judges, they usually judge for me. So it's 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 nice. It's pretty amazing to you know, line up right there. Love Amelia. I've had her on the show a couple of times. Great lady. Please tell me you're having one in Michigan very soon. Um, we were going to do it during Hash Bash Cup, but we had the opportunity to do Vegas for the first time. And since we've done, so as of right now, we don't have one scheduled, but maybe in October, I think we may be doing one, hopefully, maybe October we'll do a squash off in, uh, in Michigan again. Because as I said, right now we're getting booked up. Like We're even doing like, we did our very first ever last year in Buffalo, New York, a CBD squash off. And so now we're going to be probably doing two more. We may be doing one in conjunction with Champs at the end of, uh, of July, uh, do a CBD squash off. And then at Ma in Madison, Wisconsin, with uh, a gentleman named Adam Brown helping us put it on. We're going to probably do a CBD squash off there because a lot of people don't understand. There's a lot of people that smoke CBD rosin. It's, you know, it, it, you can make some really nice rosin out of some beautiful CBD flour, you know, cement flour. A lot of people, some people don't know that. So we're going to be, you know, I think that competition is going to go over well, especially in uh, Wisconsin. There's a lot of hemp farmers there. A lot of the, a lot of the good quality hemp comes from Wisconsin. Like, uh, you know, I know like USA Hemp, or Hemp Live in USA. They're based out of Wisconsin. They always have some great hemp products and stuff from gummies to Delta 8 to the flour, you know. So I'm kind of excited about doing the CBD squash off, which, you know, I'll have to get all hemp farmers because a lot of people don't understand the trichome formation and the way it's supposed to look and stuff is different than, than THC flour. So you have to make sure you get the right judges that know what they're judging and, you know, It sounds good, man. But we, again, can discount Michigan, as well as some good cannabis. I mean, we have some great uh, extraction artists here as well. I mean, worthy, worthy of a squash, squash off. I think we've got enough here worthy of. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm sure. I mean, so. Have you had a favorite spot so far? Which what, what, let me ask this because favorite would be a little little biased, but you can't lie with numbers and attendance, right? So which yeah. one has kind of been the biggest one so far? Ooh. Oh man. Ooh. I might want to say Mexico. Believe it or not, Mexico. Not this year, but last year when we did it, we had a huge crowd there watching everything, over 300 people. And I had to have a translator, too. So that's what impressed me. I had to have a translator. So whatever I said, you know, I had someone translate. And if the judges didn't understand, you know, so luckily most of my judges were bilingual there. So they, if I asked them a question, I just asked them to answer it back in Spanish. So I'd ask him, and but so it'd be me asking the question, and then my my translator saying the question to the audience, and then the judges asking answering back in Spanish. You know, so but I really enjoyed that one. They they were really passionate about wanting to learn, 
and and, and you know it was a, that was a good one. You know, I, I enjoyed that. Um, of course, Amsterdam. I mean, you can't beat Amsterdam doing a squash off. One of the first ones we did, the the you know the place we did it at, right in front of it was the police Amsterdam police station. So we did a squash off. Pretty much, here's the police station. You know, right there is where we did the squash off. And technically, it's I don't know, it's a gray area. But I just wanted to do it right there to see if we can get away with it. And we did, no problem. Yeah, that was a fun time doing that one in Amsterdam. I love, I love your attitude. I just wanted to do it to see if I could get away. <laughs> I know. I well, funny about because I didn't think about my judges sitting outside in a little terrace there. They're here. They're here. Police stations here, and they're all there dabbing and stuff like that, just getting all high and shit. You know. <laughs> Cops walking in and out. That'd be a pretty different experience. Yeah, it's fun. Resurrection Prophet in chat would like to know uh, when are you going to be in Vegas? Uh, ju well, July 9th is when we're doing the squash off there in conjunction with A's Radio Network. Um, they're having a secret, uh, their secret cup there, and at the VIP. Golden ticket party, we're going to be doing the squash off and then be announcing the awards on July 9th. And then I we're in works with Champs Trade Show. We'll probably be doing a CBD squash off at the end of August. I think that's the 27th to the 30th, maybe. And, and Champs will be there in Vegas. Is there a place where they can uh, find the schedule? Uh, I mean, our, for our schedule, we're all going to be at. No, we haven't put that out. We're still ironing out details. I need to get something put down and everything because there's one or two that we do have, a few we do have locked in, and one or two we're waiting to lock, lock in. But uh, I'll have something up in the, hopefully in the next week or so on the Squash Off page, which you can go to you know, Squash Off on YouTube. Or squash off on Instagram as well. So uh, you've named off a bunch of uh, very, very incredible people in the cannabis industry. Who's been, uh, in particular, like uh, a mentor, if you will, or somebody that's uh, been very influential in your journey? Oh, there's been so many of them. I mean, uh... Uh, there's been a few. I mean, one, it's been kind of influential. Having kind of kind of made me look a different way in life. Was, and unfortunately, he just passed away recently. He was uh, my good friend, George Young. Jo you know, George Young, also known as Boston George. You know, Johnny Jeff played in the movie Blow. We became uh, pretty close friends. I learned a lot about life and stuff from him on that side. As far as cannabis, another person that passed away I learned a lot from is Franco used to be from Strain Hunters. You know, he he taught me a lot about cannabis and, and things, you know. And of course, Mr. Ben Drunker. Ben, you know, even back then, back in the day when I first went over to Amsterdam, I was dealing with my PTSD. I was ADHD, hyper as hell, had dreadlocks down to here. And he still kind of, you know, befriended me and always gave me a smile and always hooked me up with genetics and stuff like that. So Ben, Ben has Ben Dronker from Census Seeds, 
great guy. I always enjoyed spending time with him. Now, I was blessed. I think it was two years ago at the Jack Herrera Cup there. I was able to uh, uh, give him the Lifetime Achievement Award. So that was that was pretty nice. You know, when it comes to hash, one of the persons taught me a lot about hash is a guy named Steve Hayes. Now, this guy, he always has the best hash. I've actually been sharing some of his posts. Him and my other friend, Jair, I've been doing little posts where Steve breaks out all his different hash and stuff. But that guy always had the best hash. Amazing stuff, you know. And then Mila, and then another person, Mila. She's always been, you know, I've known her for over 20 years. I learned a lot about her and life and how she makes hash and stuff. And, you know, I've been blessed. It's hard because I've been blessed to spend, you know, spend with a lot of old school people that have done a lot for this community. You know, some of them aren't here with us anymore, you know, unfortunately. And then some are, and then, but they're not doing well. You know, Eddie Lepp, he's another good guy. I used to come up, go up to his farm back in the day in Upper Lucerne County. He, he used to tell, talk to me, teach me a little bit about growing tips and two as well and stuff. You know, and actually that's where first time I ever uh, grew Jack Herrera. I went up to Eddie's farm. It was during Jack Herrera's, Jack Herrera's party. And Jack hands me a chain of the original Jack. So I got original Jack Herrera from Jack back in the day. That was that was uh, kind of you know special to me, you know. And he was cool to hang out with. But as I said there's yeah, there's just been so many of them. I I've learned a lot. Each person I've learned a lot from, you know, and I just took back what knowledge they gave me and applied what I thought I wanted to, and maybe took out some especially when it came to growing or something like that. And that's, you know, that's how I did it. You know, I, I learned and absorbed what they, they told me, but then either added to it or changed it a little bit, but I was blessed to be able to, you know, learn from some OGs, some real OGs, some old school growers, real old school, you know, people that know life, experience life and live life, you know, So I can't help but wonder uh, when when was that moment for you that uh, that you knew cannabis was what you wanted to do? Uh, I've had that moment myself where you know where I've told myself this is it. You know, I'm all in, all in. I. I don't know if I had that moment. I just, you know, once I realized how much a better quality of life I had by smoking cannabis. And then once I went to Amsterdam and then I started growing and I just grew that passion, I guess it would be 2000, I guess 2002. So, you know, once I went over to Amsterdam and just saw these different strains and all these different black sheep, as we call them back in the day, you know, even, even then, you know, even though California was legal, we were still the black sheep. It's not like it was, you know, it is now today. I mean, you know, and I guess it would be probably 2002. It's kind of like, you know, I want to make a difference in this world. And I know cannabis is, will help out that, you know, cannabis is important. It's going to help this world out in many ways, mentally, physically, monetarily, spiritually, you know. 
there's so many ways this plant can help this the human race out. And I wanted to be able to bring that to the world the best I could. I appreciate that. You've done a great job. Really poor development effort so far, my friend. Thank you. Uh, so tell tell me a little bit about the scene there. I mean, it had to have been pretty pretty amazing to to start a fire. So tell me a little bit about that that era, if you will. Well, you know, oh, back in it was it was it was like all the OGs were like rock stars. I mean, people treated these people, all these old school legends, Eddie Lab, Ben Drunk, Eagle Bill, you know, uh, Sam the Skunk Man, all these, uh, oh, you know, all these guys, Buddha, even Buddha, him just starting out back then, he was still treated because he had that cheese, you know, Adam Dunn, he was a rock star. All these people were treated like, you know, because they had the best strain, strain, best genetics, you know, it was like pretty much. You, you, you know, especially during the cup, during high times, it was just party central. Everybody had a great time. It was, you know, it was just a lot funner times, you know, because it was, wasn't, it was, but it wasn't all about the money like it is now. It was, you know, you know, a lot of people that entered over there were all black market people and stuff, you know, only a few companies, you know, because you only had California that was legal back then. So all these people that came and entered either were Amsterdam, or a few people from different states or countries that, you know, just entered just because they wanted to enter. You know, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the, you know, who, you know, making all this money on this next train. It was all more about the plant and the passion, I believe. You know, it felt more, more about the plant, more about the passion about them. But it was a good time. Always some parties, a lot of mushrooms being eaten. Some great parties, and during the cup, you know, uh, if you're a judge and stuff, these all these coffee shops would cater to you. I mean, you'd have you walk in there, you had pumpkin, uh, you know, pumpkin tie soup at, at greenhouse. You go to this other place, little flaming yarn, little things. I mean, it was they really did it up back then. They wanted to make sure they won because it was a high honor back then to win. So a lot of these dispensaries and stuff would really treat all the uh, customers and the cup goers really nicely, you know. Nowadays, it's it's a little different. It's gotten smaller, you know, as far as the, the, at least the high times got, you know, going there. But Amsterdam still has a little passion for fun. It's just not exactly the same, but it's a fun place to go. And it's great hanging out in coffee shops. And if you, you know, you're young enough, Definitely stay at a hostel. You know, that's where you get to, you go to stay at a hostel. You get to meet people from all over the world. And one thing that brings old people together is that joint. You know, you start smoking a joint, you start sharing it with someone you don't know. Next thing you know, you need a new friend from a different country. You know, that's one thing I like about that. You know, anywhere in the world you go, you go like this, people know what that means. They, they know it's not a secret. They know, you know, that means hey, you want to smoke. That it is, that it is. So I can't help but wonder uh, your your thoughts on the evolution of hash to now. I mean, I mean, you you brought in a splash off, but I mean, you've definitely had time 
in Amsterdam where, you know, hash was hash and it was, it wasn't rosin. You know what I mean? So how do you feel about, you know, the evolution, man? I, I, to this day, I really appreciate that bubble. And now it breaks my heart to see that bubble actually pressed into that rosin for us. You know, such a great product as is. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I kinda, it's it's got aged you. I like both forms. I love some because the only place, you know, it's hard to find really good ass here in the U.S. You know, because I said most of the people don't press it right away. So that's the only point you can find in Amsterdam. That's what I like about Amsterdam, which you can actually get ash there and smoke good, fine. Nepalese, you know, some full out bubble ash. I like that over there, but I also love the way the rosin turns out when you press it. It's just like, it's amazing. I mean, the percent THC level goes up so, so much higher. And if it's good ash, the flavor and terpene profile really comes out, out of it. There is hash out there you can get them too, like a bubble man, BC bubble man. You know, he, he came to my house in Jamaica about a year ago, came to visit. Unfortunately, I was leaving that day, so I only got to see him for 30 minutes. But he brought over some of these full melt, and we just dabbed it. It was so beautiful. So there is some raw hash out there, full bubble, full melt, that you can dab. If you know what you're doing, if you're, if someone is, you know, knows what they're doing as well as that bubble man does. you to maybe uh tap your phone them uh sometimes some phones get like tunnel a little bit they, i can see uh it's uh it sounds like you're speaking and uh, uh, the mic's a little bit weird oh, same same i'm happy with it but the chance says it's a little like like yeah. you're almost speaking in a How's that now? How's that now? Same, same. I, I don't. So maybe try tipping the phone a little bit. It can be like maybe up and down real quick. Sometimes in my phone. Did that work? Yeah, I'm good with it. <laughs> I'm good with it. They usually come back. You know, I don't know why they do it. They do it. I'm good with it. So let me ask you this. Uh, Hash rosin or flower rosin? You know, I, that's that's one thing I, I can't. I yeah, I'm I, I'm very um, admin of saying leave the hash hash and then kind of take from the flowers. You know, you went through the process of making your beautiful bubble. You know, if you want rosin, yeah. just you know, skip the work. Yeah, I, 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 I
Cool. What's your right. What's your thoughts? I'm not. I don't. If you make good enough bras, form, excuse me, hash, full melt hash, where you can dab it, leave it. But if it's like mid grade or not, squash it, turn it into some nice, you know, rosin. But also, I love flower rosin, especially. I mean, I've I've tasted some amazing, amazing flower rosin from some of our entries where 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 it sugars up. As soon as you press it, extra sugars up. Where you can't even tell that it was pressed. It, it's so sugared up that it looks like it's been purged and everything. You know, there's some yeah. So I, I like them both, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. Know, if, if you have some full mouth, you can have leave it. But you know, it's mid grade or something, fresh. But when it comes to which one I like the, the best, uh, it depends on if I make it or if someone else makes it. Because if they make the hash into rosin, and they have to know what they're doing and stuff to keep the terpene profile right and everything. But with the flower, usually if you get it right, no matter what, that terpene profile is going to turn out really nice. I'm almost afraid that uh, the hash in itself, a nice bubble, or even, you know, just the old school hash that we, we remember will be a thing of the past here soon, uh, is what I'm afraid of. Because I, you know, I've I, lately a few times I've been in a group of people and brought out some nice you know, hash, and they look at it like it's almost opium. They, you know, they're used to the dads, rosin, all that stuff. A little pluck. It's you know, <laughs> pretty. You know what I mean? They don't they don't know what it is. So I'm afraid that the old school hash might be a, something that gets lost. Yeah, maybe eventually, but long as some of these old school people are out, like Frenchie Cannoli, you know, Mila, and even Bubble Man, you know, I think that uh, they'll keep it alive. They'll keep the hash movement alive, you know. But I think it'll still be around. I mean, of course, it's uh, people making it. If you notice, not too many people make hash nowadays. They also take their trim, and then what they do, they take the trim, make it in. Well, if they do make hash, they take the trim and then squash it but not now yeah, nowadays it's it's hard to find someone that just makes just hash for hash so these these in michigan it seems that way you know back in or back when you know 20 years ago you can pretty much get hash anywhere in, you know in the u.s no problem finding hash but nowadays it's you know it's dabs it's rosin live rosin it's you have to know the right person to get good hash nowadays. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't. It's not like I don't enjoy the beautiful extracts. They're very delicious. But I, I just, I, I'm that guy. I'm that guy in Michigan. I guess at least one of the few that uh, appreciate the hash and actually leave it as a nice hash product, or at least try. Or at least trying, but uh, yeah, I just I I don't know. But if I ever got into the squishing there, I think I would tend to squish the flower and still appreciate my fine art of hash. Um, save some time again. Save some time. <laughs> I don't know. 
So uh, what are some of your favorite strains that you've came across? I mean, it's either rosin form or flower form. One of my, one of my favorites, and it's hard to find the original, it's called Rockstar. Really enjoyed the old original Rockstar. It was a, had a very nice fruity, fruity flavor to it. It was really nice. And I, I grew that for a few years until you couldn't find the seeds anymore. And then now they got another rock star coming out there. But I don't think it's original because I know the guy had had the seeds. He got rid of them to one person and that person lost them somehow. So I don't know. But I like the rock star. Uh, old Mother Sativa. It's old, old strain. I like that one. You know, as far as flower form and everything. Uh, and rosin, I like GMO. I like. I had a really nice sherbet. Uh, it was live resin, though. Some beautiful sherbet. That the sherbet flavor just came out. Just so nice. And, and just really nice. And, of course, the original skunk. Old school skunk. I remember back in the day, first ever trying skunk. That got me so high. Just one, one or two puffs, and I was just... Yeah, you know, of course. Unfortunately, my tolerance is a lot higher than there nowadays. But I mean, I like the old original, old school skunk. I like that, that one very well. All good ones there. I see some people uh, from Spain asking, "Are will you be in Spain anytime soon?" Uh. I have it's been a while since I've been. I'd love to go there eventually and do a squash off there. I used to go there a lot for uh, for uh, you know, Spanibus actually, but I haven't been there. It's been a few years since I've been there. Hopefully, now that the COVID's starting to die down and stuff and things are starting to open up, I'm hoping we can organize some kind of squash off there perhaps next year. You know, I got a few friends that are living in Barcelona and a few other places there in Spain. You know, like Nerd Extracts, you know, he's a good friend of mine and a few other people that are over there I'd love to go see. I enjoy it over in Spain. They're very passionate as well about their hash, about their flour, about everything. They're very passionate when it comes to cannabis, Spain. Yeah, it'd be a good time, I hope, uh, to cross off the Spain event someday. Off. It's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, I went to the third one they ever had. I went to the I went to the third Spanibus they ever had back in the day. Uh, it was kind of interesting because they had it at the Olympic Coliseum, Olympic area where they had the Olympics at back in the day. So it was really nice. And of course, it's grown so so much. Last time I went there, I could not believe how how bigger it grew. You know, and it's a cool event though. It's a it's a really fun event as well. Has there been one in particular cannabis event throughout your lifetime that's been the one? What's that? Has there been one cannabis event that has stood out in uh, all your years? One in particular. It would probably be the last time I went. Probably the last time I went to Spanabis because it was 2015. It's been a few years since I've been over in Spain and I got to and, and actually going out doing things and I got to go there and do a thing called Cannabis World Now. Got to run into all my other friends and stuff. I really enjoy Spanabis. That's a fun, fun, fun one. 
that's one of the ones that sticks out in my mind a lot is Spanibus. You know, it, it's a fun, a lot of people go to it, a lot of, lot of parties, a lot of networking. It's a good time. I, I enjoy that one a lot. So, well, Mr. Uncle Stoner, I know you said you had some traveling you had to do in the morning. Yeah. I, you know, I'm very, great, very, very grateful for your time and coming on. And, you know, rather than wearing you down to the last second, I would rather leave on a good note with the possibility mm -hmm. of someday getting you back. So, uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on. But before we go, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to go over a couple of things, just a couple of minutes with you. First and foremost, I'd like to give you an invite to uh, what I call the wormhole. Uh, the wormhole is eh, it, Monday nights for sure. The wormhole usually 2 a.m. They start here in Michigan, but uh, they go from like tonight after I end the show, for instance, I'll pick up. I'll end this and then I'll pick up the rest of the evening with the wormhole. The wormhole is always open to any past guests that have been on the show. It's an ever-evolving panel. So, you know, one night we may be talking about hash, we may be talking about growing, we may be talking about mushrooms, conspiracy theories. It's an every night show. So <laughs> content may vary from night to night to keep it fresh. But uh, this is your formal invitation to that. It is the very same uh, Zoom in Zoom link that I sent you tonight. That is always good. Anytime that uh, you'd like to hop on and you know have a conversation with us, promote uh, an upcoming squash off that you'd like to get the word out. I would you know use that link to that as well. I would greatly appreciate it. You know. We can't find you unless we know where you're at. So if you yep. pop on and tell us what's going on, it'd be awesome. So please don't lose that link. And if you do, uh, just ask for it, and I'd be happy to uh, send you another one. So uh, open anytime you'd like to use it. Don't Please don't think you need an invitation. Uh, and okay. the last thing I'd like to get from you is uh, old school like uh, radio soundbite where the artist or the guest would come on. Hey, this is 105.5 FM. And, but in this case, what I'm looking for is something along the lines of, hey, this is Uncle Stoner, and I'm on fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 402. You can add whatever you want. Put, make it your own. You know, put your Instagram, you know, whatever you'd like. I'll do my there. best. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Eagle Gardens in Neil. All right, wait. Use Eagle Gardens to watch it, Neil. It's it's fucking talking shit with Eagle is the name of the show. Eagle Bill, okay, Eagle Gar Eagle Bill or Eagle Gardens. Just Eagle. Fucking talking okay. shit with Eagle. All right. Hey, this is Uncle Stone. I'm from fucking talking shit with Eagles. Have to be careful. My in-laws are in there. Don't think I'm cussing up a storm, but this is a great show to check out. This is Uncle Stoner. Check out Squash Off all around the world, especially in Vegas, Missouri, Wisconsin, Mexico this year. We're hitting it all even more next year. Peace out. Many blessings. Keep on growing that plant and that knowledge and that passion. Amazing. Amazing. And again, thank you very much. 
you know, getting here to get to know you a little bit tonight, I can very much understand why you were so much asked for this evening. Um, an amazing well, I appreciate guy. it. I thank for everybody listening. I appreciate for everybody listening and asking for me to come on. It was a good time. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. Have uh, get some rest. Have some safe travels tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we'll see you either on the show or at a wash off event soon. All right. Peace out. Peace, peace out. Have a good night. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Episode 402 with Uncle Stoner. I greatly appreciate you tuning in. You guys know the deal. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. I'm never going to quit beating that drum. Well, give me a few minutes. It is 1230. I'm going to get a little bit of water done. What do you guys think about 130? 1.30, we'll get another wormhole going. You want to get it early? Earlier than that, DM me. Maybe we can get something popping. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you guys in a few, hopefully, in the wormhole. Thank you for tuning in.